You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, and welcome to the wrap-up live. This is the official Raptors Republic live post-game show where we recap the latest game you just watched. I'm your host, Sahal Abdi. I'm here with Warren Weisfeld and Aiden Moss, two co-hosts. Um, and tonight, unfortunately, once again, we are here after a Raptors loss. Your Raptors were defeated by the Phoenix Suns, 114-106, to bringing the Raptors record six games below 500 to 23-29. and on the NBA season. And last but not least, if you love the Toronto Raptors, do us hardworking individuals at Raptors Republic a favor and subscribe to our YouTube channel, as well as our podcast channel, wherever you're watching or listening. All right, boys. Um, I said before we went live, this isn't, uh, you know, as fun to do, of course, um, after a Raptors loss, this loss came at the hands of the Suns in Phoenix, where they have a pretty you know, a good record. I can pull it up. But um, the Suns have been a strong team at home for about three seasons now. And um, they are not as strong of a team as they are, as they were last season. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with um, their you know, main star, Devin Booker, going down with injury. He did not play in this game. He's still out with a groin injury. And in this game, the Raptors were competitive. They looked like uh, those flash-in-the-pan Raptors, 2021-2022 uh, Raptors that we loved uh, seeing. Uh, we saw that for some moments in the game. And then once again, Aiden and Oren, everything seemed to just fall apart near the end. Um, and the Raptors could not hold the lead. Suns went on a little run and then um, maintained bingo, the bingo, run. Bingo. Uh, Aiden, what did you think about the end of the game there and how the Raptors kind of just capitulated once again? Yeah, it's tough to see that, I think. The, the shooting was, again, a problem from three and, a, and of late particularly, and you could probably directly correlate that to fatigue. Um, the guy, like those five, six guys, well, those five guys were carrying the bulk of, of this game, and and we just didn't hit wide-open shots when we had them, and, the, and that was just kind of the deal-breaker. There's a lot of other things that went on during the game, you know, like early turnovers, um, some four shots, whatever else. But I think at the end of it, it was just our bench. Our bench didn't give us enough. The guys had to come in, and uh, and they just didn't have what it took to carry to the end. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, just not having enough. Like OG goes down. I, I've seen a lot of people say how. Well, it's not that big of a deal. Precious can fill in what OG does. And I actually think that's true to an extent in the starting lineup. But that just means you have no bench now. Like Boucher is your only kind of reliable bench piece. And even Boucher, as we've obviously talked about, can be hit and miss. But he's like by far now your most steady bench guy. I thought Thad gave them good minutes. Um, Wancho was really bad. Like, Wancho was really not good today. Chris Paul was just targeting him and hitting step-back threes over him. Malachi, I didn't think, was good despite hitting a couple of shots. 
I didn't think Wancho did a terrible job. Chris Paul hit some really nice threes over top of him. The thing yeah. about that and like they ran that Scotty plus the four lineup for a while, and it 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 like I think they were like treading water, but like kind of drinking water, treading water. You know, like I think they were prolonging an ultimate death. Yeah. But one right. thing that frustrated me with that is they weren't running stuff through Thad or Scotty in a more like calculated way. Like those two guys are very clearly the only playmakers of, of that unit. And it was frustrating to kind of see them running. They, they ran those like inverse picks with uh, Flynn and Scotty twice in a row and whatever. But uh, yeah, just as an aside, I was frustrated that they didn't use Thad more in those lineups. Well, that's a good, like I was watching that lineup and I was kind of thinking like, this is the future people want to see, like the blow it uppers. This is what they want, right? Scotty <laughs> at PG. Is that what we're calling them, by the way? Malachi happy? Are you freaking happy? I was literally like, and, and like, look, Scotty's really getting better. He is in a lot of ways, but he's still, I think, a way better play, like advantage extender or finisher than he is an advantage creator. And we saw that in those lineups. He couldn't break better. down his guy. Malachi obviously couldn't break down his guy. And there was just no one to create the advantage in the first place. So, like, the only points they got were, like, Malachi heaves uh, from three off, like, an offensive rebound or whatever. So, yeah, that lineup was uh, pretty ugly. Speaking of yeah, very, OG, very by, the, by the way, sorry, so I'll let you go in a second. But speaking of OG, you know who would have guarded McCall Bridges tonight? Would have been OG. Sure, but, okay, yeah. Yeah, but here's my thing. I've always compared Mikal and OG to, to each other because like they had very similar trajectories. And Mikal has just taken such a leap on on ball. Yeah. As a shot maker. And Those, his mid range, especially. I don't think it's a debate anymore in terms of like his mid range is beautiful. I'm just saying OG would have locked him up. Like he had free like he yeah, was rolling tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I tweeted mid game that um, the Raptors, I believe it was midway through the fourth. The Raptors had five bench points and they were somehow leading the game just before they fell apart. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm at the point now, guys, and I don't, I mean, I think I can do this. The Raptors are pretty poor this season where I can start singling out guys and not feeling like uh, the A word uh, while doing it. Um, Juancho Hernan Gomez, just for me, this is, I think, the second game or third game consecutively where I've seen him sub in and immediately get attacked, um, especially by guards. And I just don't understand. Like, if you play seven minutes in this game, right, uh, and you're a minus eight, seven minutes, and you're a minus eight, like something, you're, you're responsible for something. And I think it was just clear that Chris Paul is, um, I mean, besides LeBron, probably the highest basketball IQ remain, like left in the league. Um, any substitution the Raptors make, he's going to be watching and he's going to be trying to diagnose, okay, how do, how do we beat this guy if this guy's coming in? What is he good at? What is he not good at? And, I mean, Hernan Gomez, it's clear that um, if you can get a guard to switch on him, he's, he's a massive defensive liability. I think it goes for most, obviously, bigs in the league uh, when you can get a guard, guard switch and you're you know, defending a guy that's eight inches smaller than you. You're going to have a tough time, but I think with Wancho in particular, it's tough to watch a guy like that just get absolutely torched by a guy like Chris Paul. And, you know, when you when you, when you you make a substitution, when Nick Nurse is making these substitutions, he's expecting 
um, you know, energy. And he's expecting a, 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 something to change in a positive direction for the Raptors. And I think when you bring in some of these guys and it's an immediate run for the opposing team, you start to kind of see why, you know, the five starters are getting 40 minutes every single game. Um, Pascal had 38, Fred with 39, Gary with 37. They're all hovering around 40 minutes. Uh, Chris Boucher did play 24 minutes, but this didn't feel like a Chris Boucher game at all um, for me. Like, he just honestly felt like he wasn't there for me. I know he had 11 rebounds and he was fighting on the glass, but um, only five points in 24 minutes is not the Chris Boucher we're, we're used to, especially when everyone else on the bench isn't really doing much in terms of um, handling the scoring load. So it's tough. Like you said, Oren, it's, it's tough watching a team that doesn't have, um, you know, advantage creators coming off of the bench guys that can just go get you a bucket and um uh i think we're past wondering what the solution is because i think it's very clear it's crystal clear at this point um what the raptors what the raptors lack in size and shooting um and rim protection but um so i mean there's no point to kind of just go over it again and say what the raptors need but it's just it's tough over and over again just seeing the raptors get defeated in the same same aspect, game after game after game. It's it's tough. Um, yeah, but it's not whether just, OG's there or not for me. It's not just shooting and and height. Like I think we are we're winning the game against the Warriors, and we're winning the game tonight if we have a bench. Like the if we have guys, I should that say can shot creation. Come, pardon me. I should say shot creation rather than yeah. shooting, but shooting yeah, also because yeah, well yeah, both really. yeah. But yeah. if we can if we can roll out one or two guys that we could faithfully rely on, and again, yeah, I don't mean to beat a dead. I mean the other thing to, for want to like Wancho's irrelevant. Like it's supposed to be Otto Porter's minutes, right? So like it's we're we're stuck with what we have. But I again, like I just feel like this is a question of balance, and it's like you've got six guys that you can rely on. Why are you playing all five of them? like most of the same minutes at the same time. I just think they should be distributing those minutes more. Um, and, and they, and the thing is nurse was like, there was the, that little stretch where he really was, he figured it out. It was Wancho and Coloco early in the first Scotty and Gary come out in the second and it was working. Like the lineups were, were staying uh, above water and he went away from it, and we're back to this problem where we're like we lose those critical minutes. We're in a hole. We gotta bust our asses to get back into it, and we're and we're pooched when there's five minutes left. Like it's just such a predictable uh, sequence of events. Yeah, I I I've kind of said this all season. I think there are some guys on the bench who I do trust, um, Thad Boucher, Coloco, but. Obviously, precious when OG's healthy, but they all play the same position, and like there's just not enough ball handlers and advantage creators to put those guys in the positions they need to be put in to succeed. And part of that is spreading out the minutes in an ideal situation where we have a rotation where there's always one ball handler on the floor, and the bench is kind of ideally set up to get the most out of those guys. But as um as um, Amit put it in this comment. Let me get the comment. It's game 52, and Nick played a lineup at the start of the fourth quarter that had never played before. And that's that. That's my issue. Like, I really want to get off this soon because Nick doesn't have a lot of options in terms of which guys, but he's just still searching. And But is it searching of... when you're throwing shit at a wall? Like, it's not... There's no, like... There's no algebra to it or, like, 
you know, there, there's mm-hmm. no calculation, it seems. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But... No, that that's what I'm saying my problem is. Like, he's still searching in game 52, and I wish he had just settled on a rotation and gone with it. But I guess this is just the coach that he is. At the same time, though, I'm not sure any combination he played off the bench would have been enough tonight. So maybe let's I just move think on to some positives. We can move on. But I do think a guy like Wancho, for example – is more hideable and can buy you more minutes when he's playing with four starters. I'll stop there. For sure. Yeah. Let's talk about positives. Just, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Positives. Uh, and, okay. Let's do that. Um, Let's talk. Fred. I want to highlight. I want to highlight really quickly. One uh, player in particular, uh, Scotty Barnes. And one defensive possession. Hopefully, I can pull it up. Or I don't know. You're it's really up. fast at this. It's, I don't know if you can pull up. it up. There we go. It's literally up. This, this possession here, because um, I know a lot of times Raptors fans this season have kind of, uh, I mean, kind of been disappointed with Scotty with his effort and sometimes his body language on the court. And I think in in this particular possession, you talk about a guy who's doing absolutely everything in his power to stop this Phoenix Suns offense in this possession. I mean, he starts at the bottom. He's battling Dario Saric, right? We're talking about five minutes left in the second quarter, 520. Uh, Runs back outside, contests Saric on the pump fake, then gets back inside, contests him on the the shot attempt, and then DeAndre Ayn with the offensive rebound contests DeAndre Ayn. That's also a miss. So, like, he was absolutely everywhere, and I commend this so much because when you're young, when the youngest player on your team is, is showing this type of effort, it's incredible, right? And um, body language has been a thing, guys. No one wants to really, like, say it, but it's been a thing this season for the Raptors. It's been horrible. And normally you kind of expect that sometimes for, for a team that sits uh, – where do the Raptors sit right now in the Eastern 11th. Conference? 12th still. 12th. Or are they 11th? Okay. Um, I'm just updating the score. I mean, the score says 12th. So I'm going to go Whatever. with 12th. Um, 23 wins, 28 losses. It's not um, – you know, a team that even I noticed on some Fred Van Vliet and one kind of um, opportunities, um, the team just doesn't look that exciting. And that's why I love kind of bringing up possessions like this, where you could really take out the positives, um, whether it's a particular player or not. I think if you look at the rest of the Raptors on this possession as well, they look great as well. Five minutes left in the second quarter. So um, I really wanted to point out that possession because for me, that was the best defensive possession that the Raptors played all game. And a lot of that had to do with, uh, you know, their, their sophomore player, Scotty Barnes. Yeah, no, I'm gr- I'm glad you brought it up. Like, first of all, the criticism Scotty got early in the year was warranted. Uh, he wasn't playing very hard and he wasn't playing good defense. Yeah. However, he also looked, he's completely, yeah, I think he's also injured too. Maybe. However, he's completely looked different on both ends of the floor. He's playing the best basketball of his life. He, he has highs in points and assists in the month of January for like a month in his career. So he's taken the jump and it's what we've been asking for. So it's really nice to see. But I'm glad you brought up the defense because I thought the the best like when when Scotty came into the league, he was thought of as a defensive prospect. And it was because exactly this, like he could switch theoretically one to five because he has the foot speed and he's a big body to guard fives. And so. I thought the Raptors had the most success defense tonight when Scotty was on Chris Paul and you, you enter the game, you go, why is Scotty on Chris Paul? Why isn't Fred? And the reason is because they run a pick and roll offense. And if you put Fred on Chris Paul, you can't switch 
Fred onto Aiton. So this is another clip that they were doing all all game, at least, especially when Scotty was was on Chris Paul in the game. And honestly, I thought Nick should have tied his minutes closer to Chris Paul's because I thought they had so much success was they were just switching this pick and roll. Scotty goes and covers Aiton. They did the same thing in the last possession. And but Precious can stay in front of Scotty. I mean, in front of CP, and then Barnes can switch on to Aiden. That's what makes him such a special guy. Is like he can defend one through five in certain situations. There are some guards who are way too quick for Scotty in isolation that this isn't viable with. But like a Chris Paul, it's a perfect situation where he's more of a pick and roll guy. And yeah, I thought they ha- I thought they had a lot of success when Scotty was the primary on him. Yeah, there are points in this game where DeAndre Ayton was was in hell. And I know people will look at the box score at the end of the game and say, you know what, he had 22 points. I think it was like 13 rebounds, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he did shoot over 50% in this game. But I think Scotty really, really made life difficult for him underneath the rim. Um, a lot of offensive rebounds. You saw Scotty, Chris Boucher, guys like that battling down low, which is huge. And funny enough, um, DeAndre Ayton is one of those guys that's been linked to the Raptors in these trade rumblings and um Aiden's already shaking his head OG has as well OG did miss the game um but after watching a game like this I mean I was a lot more open to the hypothetical of DeAndre Aiden Aiden joining this team um until I saw this game (laughs) and I know that sounds weird uh because you look at the box score like I said but um man oh man if if a guy like Scotty Barnes who I mean Let's be fair. Scotty Barnes' effort is, has been up and down this year. Is giving you that that level of trouble underneath the rim. I don't know if that's that's the solution, especially for what you would have to give up to to acquire a guy like that. Um, yeah, Aiden, what did you think about uh, DeAndre Aiden? I thought well, I thought Phoenix' strategy of just feeding him the ball nonstop was smart. That it really did hurt us. Um, and I, I I don't think Aiden played that. I think Aiden Aiden had a solid game. I just don't think he, he, he even though he's a big, I don't think he fits what this rap. I could just foresee him in a Raptors jersey and not, you know, like finishing plays or like putting in that kind of like effort or intensity that that the Raptors kind of like expect of in their culture, but. I thought he yeah, played like quite he, well tonight. He had a fine game, but it's just mo- kind of when you think about which guys was he has to score under over. It was mostly like Scotty Pascal guys who are really undersized, and he just yeah. always turns to that jump hook instead of yeah. like anything like aggressive at the yeah, rim. Exactly. It's just always the soft stuff, and it's like. But he did. He did have a couple of putbacks and stuff though that were that yeah, were like quite aggressive. Ones. Like he threw himself at the rim multiple times. So, and he had um, a huge offensive rebound at, at the end of the game. Yeah. At the end, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the box score. I just realized now the Suns went 12 deep in this game. You don't see that often Damn, from any yeah. NBA team. That's that's pretty crazy. Saban Lee, who was, I believe, Orin, he was on the Raptors 905 earlier this year. Yeah, right? he was. I thought Damian Lee was great, though. Like, I we he need a shooter great. like that off our bench oh, who just isn't afraid to shoot it. Like, he had one Please. where he shot, got the offensive rebound, just shot again, made the second it, one. Ish actually yeah. played pretty well, too, considering... Sarge killed us too. Like Sarge is the kind yeah. of guy I'm not like, I don't love Sarge, but he's kind of like the guy that Sahal is talking about for our, our team, which is like, 
he is comfortable doing his own thing with the ball offensively. Like you can put him out there and he can kind of like go to work a little bit. Um, and he, he did hurt, hurt us during those bench minutes. Listen, can we talk yeah. about uh, Freddie? Go for it. Yeah, absolutely. You can start. I, I just think it was another mediocre shooting night from him, particularly at the end. But he is just like really um, blowing me not blowing me away, but like he's just re- like really impressed me lately. I think I feel like he's picking early on. It was the team was a little bit stagnant, but he really started to get going, especially in the screen rolls. Like he's been navigating screen rolls so well of late and i think part of that is it seems like his burst is back like he's he's his change of pace in the pick and roll has been really tight um and then he's finishing in the lane in a number of ways including mid-range uh finishing at the rim much better than he has in the past uh his passing has been better and he he just seemed for the most part he just seemed to be choosing his spots tonight and it's kind of like the inverse of him and pascal whereas like I feel like Pascal was really forcing things tonight when it wasn't coming to him and he looked tired, whatever we can talk about that. But I, I was just really impressed by how Freddie like again played within himself and within the flow of the team or the game for the most part in, in consecutive nights. Yeah. Friends, I think had an, had a really good month of basketball and I just wanted to pull this up just to illustrate kind of what he's been doing this month. He's at 20.6.7 assists and five rebounds. But I think one of the biggest things, if you just look at the last, what does it show? The last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Uh, one turnover in a lot of those games with a lot of the ball handling responsibility, right? Zero against the Portland Trailblazers on the on January 8th. Um, he His assist to turnover ratio has been incredible. He's really been taking care of the basketball. And I think when you watch Fred Van Vliet in the last month, uh, relative to the first three months of the season, um, you see a totally different player. You see the guy that we were watching last season, um, Dude, right? And I know in this game, uh, these in stats particular, are quite old. Yeah. Oh, well, we're looking at the beginning of January. Sorry. Just I can pull, pull it a bit lower. But I hear you. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There's the juice. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. So that was the beginning of the month. For our, for our listeners. But even if you, you look down here, right? Oh, my gosh. I'm scrolling way too hard. He's at 24 points tonight. night before that, he did struggle. He had 11 points. But 28, 17, 28, 25, 39, 33. So that, like, and then he had a little bit, struggled a little bit again for three games. And then had a really good beginning of January as well. So Fred's looked much, much more comfortable um this month which i think is huge for the raptors and i think they play better as a team when he plays like that all-star that they were expecting this season so look at the um, and look at the assists those last three games too nine nine and ten like yeah he's definitely in a new role where he's like more passive on offense like you saw him take that one pull up three um early in the shot clock deep pull up three i thought it was a terrible shot horrible um but he usually takes a lot of those shots and just kind of makes them enough where you don't think it's so horrible. He's completely cut those out of his diet. Like he does, he, like he took one tonight again, but one for him is not many. And um, it's because like we talked about last episode, 
Siakam and Barnes are really running this team. And and the third quarter, the beginning of the third quarter, when the Raptors just came out storming, it was all Siakam and Barnes just playing that two man game and and leading the charge. And um, obviously, Siakam didn't have a great game. Um, mm-hmm. To me, he he shoots jumpers in the first quarter which makes him so hard to guard. And he just stopped shooting jumpers recently, like in the second half of games. And I assume that's a fatigue thing. So the all-star break will be big for him. Um, but yeah, I agree about everything with Fred and and his kind of new role where he's more of a facilitator. It makes a lot of sense. If we're ready, I want to talk about someone else. Well, just quickly Freddie on the Fred. Freddie, he had another one where he got the ball in the corner and normally he jacks that and he, immediately pass it to Boucher who hit it. Yeah. And then the Pascal front, I also, he's not getting those calls anymore. And I, 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 I assume his free throw attempts are down. I know Devlin was talking about it, but he seems to like, he's not getting those calls where he's like getting hipped, hipped out of the paint or whatever, and kind of leaning at, or like fading outwards, like act like demonstrating that he's been fouled or whatever. And that seems to have really kind of thrown him off of late. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Precious, though, again. Because, I don't know, it's like, I just feel like he does everything that this team needs. And, like, I I have this clip, so I want to just show it. But this isn't even, like, the offense is crazy. The development on offense is crazy. Like, I still have no idea if he's a shooter or not. We'll find out. But... His touch around the rim and through contact is like night yeah. and day from what we saw yeah. even at the end of last season. He I had a different one where uh, it was a lot more contact. And yeah, but this was this is another dirty move Ooh. at the rim. He he just used to have no swag at the rim, like no moves. And now he's doing stuff and like no this. And no hands either. Yeah, now he's doing stuff like this, which is clearly like improv. improv, improv. <laughs> I'll stop. Right Improvisational. There. Yeah, um, but more importantly, it's the rebounding and the defense for me. Like, yeah, he for sure. just he does exactly what we've been begging for all season when he was injured. He gets five offensive rebounds tonight, but like on the defensive boards, he's a beast, and he'll help. He'll come help when like Boucher is like tapping a rebound up, struggling with it. Precious will just be like f this and just jump in and take it from his teammate because no one else is like as assertive as he is. So I think between the rebounding, the the defense, and like we like I, I was saying earlier, he can switch five to one where he's starting on the five and then switch onto the one. And like he's he's amazing at staying in front of guards. So yeah, I said this last episode, but having like a starting caliber center who just like knows their role and like does the little things on the margin can take a team from good to great. And I just want him to start for the rest of the season because I think if he does that by the start of next season, we will have a real starting caliber center, um, like an average maybe level starting caliber center, and that would be huge for them. Would you do you want a center with Precious at the four, or you're saying no. Precious as the center? No, I, I think Precious is a center. I think he's best as a center. There's definitely going to be lineups and stuff where he plays the four, and that's kind of another thing that makes him special, kind of like an Ibaka. But I think he's best at center, and and he should start there. For sure. And um, you look at his his January, 
kind of statistics. And the thing that it's clear is you look at the first half of January, his minutes just hover anywhere around from five to 26 minutes. And then you start seeing the last five or six games. He's in the thirties, right? Like the trust is there with Nick Nurse. And I think from what I've seen, Orin and Aiden for the last two weeks from Precious, it's become even more clear why Precious is a complete non um, tradable player for the Raptors. Like he is a guy that has to be one of the linchpins, I think, of this team besides Scotty Barnes. And for me, at least, Pascal Siakam, those three players, I think, have to be the guys that are just your untouchables. Um, he looks incredible. And you said you're not sure just yet. You're not convinced just yet, Oren, of um, his shooting. Um, me, I am. And I'm okay with it. Um, in a season like this, I mean, like I said, you're sitting at the 12th seed. You want to shoot four or five threes a game pressure? Sure. And and that's one thing I wanted to mention, guys, in particular for you. I felt like the Suns didn't really respect his, his three at all in this game. They were leaving him wide open. And there was a specific play I really should have got us to clip it where Chris Paul completely disrespected him on the three-point line. And Gary Trent, you know, found him after they doubled him. And Precious didn't shoot it. And Precious gave it back to Gary Trent and, and tapped his chest like, that's yeah, my, my fault. Like, I got to shoot that next time. Yeah. So he, he's um, been he's been looking off the three quite a bit lately. He has, yeah. 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 No, I just meant I don't know if he's a good three-point shooter. I want him to take some. I'm all sure. in, Oren. Yeah. I do want him, and he has touched. There's no doubt. Like he even had like that mid-range shot at the free throw line yesterday, last game. He has touched. I want him to take threes. I think long term he'll be a three-point shooter. But I, I just meant right now. I, I have no idea. But uh, just for our podcast listeners uh, who can't see the screen, it says uh, "liking precious like I'm Gollum." It's a little Lord of the Rings joke for you guys. Just for everybody out there, I just want to highlight how good I am at uh, my with job. Humor. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. Five stars for that alone. Well done, Orin. That was good. Well Thanks. That was good. We love Precious. I saw the joke on Twitter. So. Uh, so you stole it. It's not even yours. So you stole, I stole it. it. I stole the Plagiarism. joke on Twitter. It did, yeah. Just, I changed the words. Bad. I changed the words. I just saw someone compare. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not the largest jump to make. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. So. It's not. It's anyways. Not. Anyways. Um, should, <laughs> what uh, else do you guys want to mention in this game? Well, I... Uh, I want to, before we, we could take some listener uh, comments if people have questions, but before you do that, I just want to talk about a company Something called, really important to Warren. To, really Manscaped. important. Manscaped. I, I have to, it's funny you said that um, about the three-on-three tournament. I didn't wear the Manscaped boxers there. However, mm-hmm. they the boxers, I don't know if you guys have been wearing them, but they're like my most comfortable pair of boxers like they're really really easily great great easily. material great stuff and then also the lawnmower i've been using that on my private area and it's it's a great product <laughs> here you see the lawnmower 3.0 70 and if you use the code wrap up r-a-p-u-p you'll get 20 percent off manscaped products and free shipping right. so go to manscaped.com take 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 a little browse and um use our promo code it helps the show wrap up r-a-p-u-p they have tons of great products from oils to stuff like the lawnmower to boxers so yeah where do the uh where do the boundaries end on private area like how how wide of a hemisphere are you going what does that mean like yeah you could shave your whole body with this like your stomach are you getting to your bum like where are you going 
I'm not like because I just don't shave my body. But if you wanted to take a full, like you, you totally could with this product. Yeah, yeah. Is that are you? Is your question? Am I? What am I? Doing? I mean, I'm just kind of curious where private area starts and ends for you, but also where I think you're your going private area goes from like under your belly button to mm. to um like your thighs. The That's stomach really area. is an underrated sensual part of the body. Okay. Yeah, it's not your private area though. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, do you shave your stomach or your chest or anything, guys? No, 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 no. All right, good talk, good talk. Okay, Manscaped. Cool. Go to manscaped.com. <laughs> great ad read. Great ad read. Great ad read. That was great. Uh, um, are you guys just a, a side note? Um, oh. with Pascal Siakam, really quick before we before we end it off here. Um. Have you guys been a little kind of worried with Pascal Siakam in the last five or six games? Um, or really just January, I feel like we've seen a little bit more of a dip from Siakam than we're used to seeing. I don't know if it's a fatigue thing. I'm not 100% sure, but um, I just feel like Pascal was almost a guaranteed kind of superstar performance every night for the first couple months of the season. And now we're starting to see low games from him, which I'm just not kind of used to seeing i don't know if i should be concerned i don't know if it's someone in the comments says he's running out of gas i don't know if it's that could be i mean he's played a ton of minutes yeah um Kier- from from tsn tweeted something about his minutes that, that i retweeted um i think it's like first in the nba in january in terms of total minutes or something along those lines but um yeah, yeah are you guys I, worried i'm i'm not really worried just because i think it is the fatigue and i only think that because like it's so hard to determine injury fatigue just just a rough spell it's so hard but the fact that he's not even shooting jumpers anymore tells me that it's a fatigue issue especially because he does it early in games and even tonight we saw them go in early and then he just stopped so yeah he was definitely passive tonight and they could use more of him um but i think it's a fatigue issue and nick nurse deserves blame for that one are you? Uh, yeah, and do you I think, think it's, it's all it's of also Nick Nurse's fault, though, issue, or do you right? think it's just? Yeah, I think I, for me, I think it's a it's it's more of them lacking a bench than anything. I think Nick Nurse just doesn't have kind of trust in anybody not named, you know, the starting five or six guys that they usually play. I just I don't I don't know. I just feel like no long term outlook for Pascal is kind of scary when you have to play him 40 minutes, if things become status quo and nothing changes at the trade deadline, the bench That's isn't true. bolstered or anything, right? But like how much worse would this team be record-wise if they just said we're playing our starters 35 minutes a night max and we're going with this same rotation every night? Like I feel like the team would be pretty much just as good and bench guys would be getting more run because and by now they would have some more chemistry and some more rhythm. So in that sense... I think it's a bit of Nick Nurse's fault. But I'm not saying they have a good bench. Yeah. It also doesn't help that they do not. I mean, I tweeted before the game they were 2-9 and nine in games decided by three or less points this season. So they just don't know how to close out games this year either. So mm-hmm. that doesn't help. Um, Aiden, what did you want to say? Sorry, I cut you off, I think, midway through. You were saying something. No, it was my thing was lagging. I don't, I don't even remember. It's okay. Matt asked, All right. you think yeah, take... Nick Nurse will be the long-term head coach of the Raptors? Well, there is some reporting think... today, too, yes. right? Yeah, I read a little something. 
Shams, I wouldn't call Shams it reporting. I would barely call Jesus it reporting. Jesus Christ. That, that one, like, I think he came home. Does Shams have CTE? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, think he, I think he came home, like, 2 in the morning. He was just on a Tinder date. He'd slammed, like, four Jack, Jack Daniels and Gingers. <laughs> And and realized he had a deadline in like three hours and pumped it out. Like, that was no, so that sentence, bad. There, there, there was one sentence that was like such a long yeah. sentence, and it was basically just saying the Raptors are going to wait until deadline day to decide what they're going to do. It's like according is to that sources. reporting, like that's not reporting. <laughs> I could have told you that he was trying so hard to beat that word count. It was Yo, I was reading I, it. And I was I, laughing. I uh, this is a good NFL joke. Oh, you guys watch God. the Forty ers game. Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, that's my sure. brother's team, and I was like, "Your team has so much CTE, man!" Like the, <laughs> the defense, yo, the guy punching the ball, something happened. You saw that, right? Yeah, something happened to yeah. him, something and the penalty on. on the quarterback. Or, he was like five feet out of bounds already by the CTE time. CTE is not a laughing matter, man. Yeah. Are you serious? I shouldn't laugh, to be honest. I really shouldn't. It's it's something. Are you guys that, serious? I, no, like no, I laugh CTE anymore. I'm not saying any individual no, okay. player has CTE. I'm just saying. I mean, the yeah, team if you're not if you're not punishing a player, that's like I calling mean... somebody the R word. It's like CTE is a serious condition. Okay, well, I didn't think it was that bad to joke about. It's okay. obviously a harmless joke, and I'm not talking about the condition. You're I'm not alone, saying... Or What I will tell let's you let's get back on making fun I've, of I've... Shams. I've done the CT stuff uh, on my Twitter before. Yeah, it's, like, it's a little joke. I'm not. I obviously, if we want to get deep, if we want to, yeah, it's a real. <laughs> if we want to highlight how funny we are, my tweet was, "What was the fan duels over under for run on sentences for oh. Sean Sharani's article?" Because it was just so bad. Yeah, yeah. that's the, the thing. Sh- but I, the back to the reporting thing, like, yeah. I, I saw the Nick Nurse thing too, and it was like, people are unhappy in Toronto. That was basically the reporting. It's like, I don't know if that's enough to go off of where we can now speculate about Nick Nurse's job security, right? Like, we still don't have yeah. enough information for me to, like, say anything about. Plus, it's such a vague comment. It's like, changing. you could say that about any team that's not in the playoff race. Like, you could literally, like, I could just write an NBA notebook and just be like, all right, uh, well, a couple players on the Orlando Magic are yeah. not happy. And a couple players on the Pistons are not like it's like course, yeah the Raptors like, were Raptors... never gonna like show their hand before the trade deadline. <clears throat> Why would they? Doesn't <laughs> make did, sense. Did, uh... It'd be interesting to write like write a trade deadline report in <laughs> Chat GPT good... <laughs> like Sham Sharan Sharani and see what comes out. I would I would that that's too easy to do if someone wants to do it and post it in the chat. Please do. But our comments are hilarious me. today. I'm yeah. sorry if I just keep going on. Around. Our comments are funny. Um, okay, well, let's take a couple of questions and then GTFO. Yeah, Dow yeah. asks, anyone know why Banton hardly played this season? Not saying he's the answer to our problems, just curious. Um, he had a hip injury for a while that was keeping him out. Today was the first day he was available on the bench. Um, so that's why he hasn't played. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't think he's the answer either, but I would like to see him get some of those Flynn. I think Flynn's had a good chance. He hasn't really made the most of it. I'd like to see Banton get into the rotation personally. Yeah, Flynn, I think, had a little spell where he was showing something for us. And then I think as of late, it just kind of fizzled into nothing. Um, yeah, I mean, this bench is it's 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 thin. Sure. I mean, I'll take Delano. There's not, much, not many options, right? So, um, 
but yeah, like Oren said, the hip injury, I think, was the main driver to him not playing. And then, but he's back now. So we'll see. We'll see what Nick Nurse does yep. with the rotations. We'll see. No knock to Saban Lee, but if you can roll Saban Lee out for 10 minutes, you can roll Dalton out for 10 minutes or Ben. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. It's it's different styles of coaching where, again, like the, the Suns played 12 guys. He just found minutes for guys in good situations. And uh... Okay, uh, Onichan Kenobi, I think I pronounced that right, asks Oren. I don't know why Oren gets to answer this question. I think but I said fresh. Maybe you know what, just for that, I'm going to answer it. No. He's the professional. Yeah, Oren, you're not allowed to answer this. He asked okay. Oren, if you like pressures at the five, do you, and this says punctuation like Sham Sharani, unfortunately, but that's okay. Do you like a precious and cloaker rotation for next year? Yeah. That's what I would uh, roll with. But I a think. rotation, yeah. so they're not starting together. They're just rotating. Yeah, like Coloco's the backup five. Precious is the starting five. That makes sense to me. Like, this team could still use another center, don't get me wrong, because Precious is still not a traditional five. But um, I wouldn't, like, give a first-round pick for one. And I think if that was the rotation heading into next year, I wouldn't be mad about it. How about you guys? I kind of would. I, for me, at least, I don't know if Coloco's shown enough to be the back of five. Because I feel like we were in the same position last year. We were like, you know, Delano and Malachi, do you guys think they can be the back of PG? You know, because the, there's always the, just the assumption of, of progression and development, right? Yeah. As the season goes along and they have one more training camp and all of that preseason. Um, <clears throat> I'm, not a, I'm not there yet. I think for the Raptors, Coloco should be your third yeah. center. I think he needs another year, probably. That would be my guess. Well, I would say the difference between Flynn and Banton and Coloco is that, like, if you look at the numbers, at least, Coloco has been a winning player in his rookie season. Like, he's the best. He has the best defensive numbers on this team. He's the best plus uh, plus minus, I think, per 100 possessions. Yeah. So I'm not saying, like, that progression will be linear or that he's going to be amazing or anything, but... I think if you surround him, especially with like good players, and you just ask him to be a center and drop back and protect the rim, simple stuff. I def, I yeah, I just think he'll, he's capable of that on a backup basis. Yeah. Um, maybe last question: financial freedom, which sounds like a libertarian crypto bank. Um, what's your opinion on the mock trade Crowder plus salary filler? And three unprotected first-round picks for OG. Unprotected. I, I think you're going to have a hard time getting three fully unprotected. Yeah. Oren believes in protection. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I, we're, not, I, we're not trading Paul George. I mean, it would be if you're if you're yeah. trading Paul George, maybe you're looking at three unprotected. Um, I would probably but... do that just based on the unprotected ones. But in general, for an OG trade, I'd rather a mix of young players and picks. Like yeah, I like I want the players, quickly deal man. more. I like mm-hmm. the like Emmanuel quickly and picks deal from the Knicks more than this. But yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, I still I, want a bo- I still I'm still holding on to a Bones Island package of some sort, but ugh, I don't know about with, Bones. Uh, with Casey, I like Casey more attached, than Bones. But... The quandary with all of this is like I don't think I don't think Toronto's interested in getting raw young guys and banking on the draft picks, right? Like you're saying, like I think they want guys that they can play next year immediately. Um, yeah, 
So I think, and and they also don't want old dudes like Jay Crowder would probably be like flipped elsewhere. So yeah. it is this interesting balance. Like the Zaire Williams and three picks is a good example. Like Williams is not ready to play probably next year either. So that kind of rules it out. Um, yeah, they, is, there's going to be a thin needle to thread here. Yeah, exactly. It's a balance for sure. I like uh, uh, a deal based around like RJ Barrett for OG. Yeah, RJ and two picks, or no, two picks too much. Probably like it's up too there. much. Well, actually, would... he's probably. I don't but know. how much do we trust the Knicks to make smart decisions? Well, but also like RJ target a team. It's the Knicks. He's not played that well. Like he's not. He hasn't demonstrated that he's at the same value as OG. I no, I don't want to be a biased fan, but. He's 22, though. He is 22, and he has a lot of upside and is offensively already better than OG, so. All right. That's probably good. All right. I just – yeah. I'll just end it off by saying on my personal opinions, I just don't want OG in this uh, in this division. I'd rather just ship him yeah, as true. far as you can away from true. the Raptors. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll end it off there. Um, he was locked up. Stacking, <laughs> yeah, honestly. that's what I'm scared of. <laughs> yeah. and that is what I'm scared of. Uh, we'll end it off there. We appreciate each and every one of you for joining us tonight um on a monday night which has just became a tuesday morning i guess you could say um it's another another fairly late one a 9 p.m uh for the suns game it was enjoyable until the end but i mean it is what it is your toronto raptors were defeated by the suns 114 to 106 that brings the raptors record to 23 and 29 six games below 500 and before you leave us tonight don't forget to leave us a like and subscribe to the Raptors Republic YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Rapcast podcast channel. That was it for myself, Sahal Abdi, Aiden Moss, Oren Weisfeld. We'll see you guys Wednesday night versus the Utah Jazz, who went from Cinderella to back where most people kind of believe they would be right uh, in the play-in kind of area. I'm excited to watch Laurie Markinen, though. That should be fun. Um, thank you for spending time with us. We'll see you Wednesday night. Take care and uh, yeah, have a great one.